I'm Abby Hornacek. This is Tucker Carlson. And I'm Jessica Tarlov. This is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, August 12, 2020. I'm Trey Yanks. As the COVID-19 outbreak continues, staffing is a major concern for hospitals across the United States. The biggest increase in demand that we have seen is for doctors and nurses and therapists that can work with critically ill patients. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. Coronavirus is creating a difficult situation for medical facilities across the world. One industry, though, is fixing that problem for many hospitals, specifically in the United States. Once again, today's episode will be a little bit different. I'm on assignment in Beirut, Lebanon, covering the aftermath of a deadly explosion last week and the COVID-19 outbreak that continues to ravage the country. So now, Shane Jackson, the president of Jackson Healthcare. Jackson Healthcare is in the business of making sure that uh, clinicians, doctors, nurses, therapists, people that take care of patients are in the best place at the best time uh, to take care of patients where they're, where they're needed. And we do that through a few different ways. The, the biggest thing we do is healthcare staffing. So we move uh, doctors, nurses, and other clinicians around the country to work in primarily temporary assignments in hospitals, clinics, physician offices, any type of setting where patients are seen. We move them to work in temporary positions in those hospitals to help with either surges in patients or uh, turnover in staff or while someone may be looking for permanent staff, uh, we make sure that they have the staff to see their uh, their patients. And so that's what we do all the time. Uh, as you can imagine, during COVID, that has become an especially acute need in a lot of areas. How's the process work? If a nurse or a doctor is looking for a position or an opportunity and if a hospital is looking to fill a gap that they might have in medical coverage how do you put the two together yeah so we have great relationships on both sides of that equation where we are working very closely with uh, the healthcare facilities in understanding the types of patients that they're seeing the types of uh, procedures, uh, that sort of thing, and, and understanding the, the type of nurse that, that they're going to need and what the background is uh, and experience that they need to have in order to best take care of those patients. And then on the flip side, we work really closely with the, the thousands of, of doctors and nurses uh, that, that, uh, that work with us, uh, again, so we understand not just their background capabilities, uh, but their personal preferences and, and, you know, where they can work, where they're licensed to work, the types of patients they can see, where they want to go, given their personal preferences and, the, and those sorts of things. And then there's, you know, there's just a match that happens of, of uh, around uh, capability and then availability, uh, you know, based on, on, on the calendar and that sort of thing. And so uh, that's the business that we're in. And then there's there's all sorts of logistics that happen around that. As you can imagine, uh, a doctor can't just show up somewhere and see patients. There's, there's licensing. They have to be privileged at their facility. There's all kinds of background checks and all those sorts of things that have to happen. And so we ensure that all of the process around that to make sure that the, the right doctor or nurse gets in front of the patient at the right time. It's an interesting business. I think often when people show up at the hospital, 
they see a nurse or a doctor, they're in, they're out. Sometimes they need to stick around and get more tests done, but very few times do you actually think about where the people are coming from. Not all of them work at that hospital or that facility all the time. They could be there on a temporary assignment. I wanted to ask you about COVID-19 and what sort of needs have come up in the hospital chains across the United States. What are the types of people, doctors and nurses that hospitals are in need of most right now? The biggest increase in demand that we have seen is for doctors and nurses and therapists that can work with critically ill patients. So uh, clinicians that work in the ICU uh, with patients who are in in critical care beds. And so these are uh, physicians like intensive care doctors, uh, uh, critical care nurses. Uh, We've seen a big increase in demand for respiratory therapists. Uh, These are therapists who specialize in working with patients who are uh, on ventilators and coming off of ventilators, uh, because obviously a lot of COVID patients have have had to be in ventilators. But anyone who works in and around critical care, uh, there's just been an increase in demand for these, these types of providers because of uh, the demands that have been put on the ICU based on the number of COVID patients that are uh, critically sick, as well as because you have hospital staff and, uh, you know, the doctors and nurses that work with these patients uh, in general, uh, they sometimes are, uh, are getting COVID. And then also just because they have been worked uh, uh, they they have just been working so much uh, over the last few months, and we just see uh, a lot of uh, uh, of our healthcare community that are just getting really tired, and they're getting really stressed, and and they they need kind of that next line to come in and just provide some relief. And so we're we're with with the hospitals we work across the country. That's where we've really seen a lot of demand is for asking for help to come in and work with critical care patients. You've been listening to Shane Jackson, the president of Jackson Healthcare. We'll be right back. It makes a lot of sense. This is such a tiring profession, and we're often focused on the COVID-19 outbreak and what coronavirus has done to people across the country. But you've also got ongoing medical issues, heart attacks, surgeries, other reasons that people seek medical attention and go to the hospital. So it's a balancing act for these professionals. It's a really unique time in the United States right now. And you you talked about the concept of actually sending in another line for people to simply be able to take a break. I wanted to ask you where you think this is headed in terms of staffing. You know, we talk to people all the time, whether it's world leaders or medical professionals in countries around the world, and there's been this common thread that I've heard over and over, and that is we can get you more ventilators, we can get you more PPE, but we can't get you more nurses and doctors. It sounds like you are providing a solution to that problem. and. What does that look like? Are you finding that our, you're seeing specific states that need more help than others, and then you'll move people from states that aren't hotspots to states that are? 
In general, I think there's a lack of understanding and knowledge about the fact that our industry even exists and what we do even exists. And it's funny sometimes when I talk to people and they and they they go, wait a minute, you mean like a doctor can work as a temp? I'm like, yeah, a lot of doctors do this. And so there's no one knows the exact number, but there's there's somewhere around probably 225 to 250 thousand medical personnel in the United States who work as a, uh, a, a on a temporary basis. So they work as a traveling nurse, a nurse, as what's in the in the physician community called a locum tenens, someone who goes in and works on a temporary basis. And so there's roughly a quarter million of these medical uh, professionals who travel around the country and this is the way that they work. Now, not all of them are critical care, obviously. It's a, it's a subset of those providers. But this is a big part of the solution of how we can make sure that those areas in the country who are experiencing surges in patients, of COVID patients, where we can bring in these medical professionals to, to take care of them. I will tell you back in the spring when we were seeing the, the hot spots in places like New York, to a lesser degree in places like Detroit, New Orleans, and, and some smaller towns like uh, where I am in Georgia, in a town called Albany, Georgia. We were seeing these hotspots. Because they were so isolated and there were so few of them, we were actually able to really quickly move a lot of doctors and nurses into those areas. What's changing right now is that while we're not really seeing areas that are experiencing as acute demand as New York did in, say, April, we're seeing much more broad-based increase in demand. And so we're seeing lots of hospitals across most of the country experience increases in hospitalization and increase in patients who are being admitted to the ICU. So what's happening right now is instead of moving a lot of doctors and nurses into a place like New York, where we literally within two or three weeks in April had thousands of, of, of clinicians descending on New York City, now you're seeing the demand for, uh, for these critical care providers pretty much across, across most of the states. And so what that's, what's that is doing is, first of all, it's creating a much more regionalized response where we're, we're having to, to, to move people regionally. Um, but it, it's creating um, a more challenging situation because there's not as many places that have low patient counts where we can pull people from. And so one of the analogies that I've used on this that we've got to, got to think about, it's like driving a car we can you can drive the car and you can run the rpms up but you can't get the rpms up too high in the red zone that's when it starts starts breaking down and as we think about our ability to uh to staff to provide doctors and nurses to take care of these surges and patients we've got the ability to run the rpms up we can move people there's this there's this uh whole industry that this is what they do there's all these thousands of doctors and nurses that this is what we do. However, we can't do it everywhere all the time. And that's yeah, the that key right sense. now is that we've got, to make, we've got to make sure that we don't allow the, uh, too many of these acute uh, places to, to, to surge 
um, that's where we'll, we'll have, have an issue. We're doing okay right now. We're, we're moving people around, around the country and, and we're doing okay right now, but we really can't let the RPMs go up much higher than they are at this moment. It, it makes sense on a stability level just to ensure that the facilities aren't overwhelmed by the movement and so that people can get in and, and get to work appropriately. My last question for you is about public versus private health care. Is your company doing anything with the federal government in terms of staffing? Do you have any guidance? We know the federal government is working to identify hotspots, you know, we hear the coronavirus briefings and they'll say, you know, we've got a hotspot in Arizona and we're trying to push personnel and medicine there. Do you get some guidance in certain areas from local or, or federal governments to say, hey, we need some help here and then you can help staff hospitals that may be short? No, we're really not getting that information from the federal government. and and. Frankly, the market is has typically already reacted by the time the federal government knows about it, and by the time you hear it reported in one of the, the briefings. Um, you know, because the you know we work with uh, you know thousands and thousands of healthcare facilities across the country. Um, pretty much every healthcare facility in the country has relationships either with our company or a company like ours. They see the increase in demand, and they are making plans for staffing well before that's getting reported to the federal government or even like a state and local government. I will say that that some of the states um, are working very closely with their healthcare community and with the facilities providing care in uh, helping to make sure that they have the staff and there's various mechanisms that they have in place. But that's really being done in support of the healthcare facilities who have the expertise, the knowledge on the ground, and they know what they need to do in order to best handle the patient um, demand in their area. And so really this is a case where the market is responding and then the government is just you know kind of reacting and finding out uh, after the fact that's interesting i i sort of figured that was the case that you're on the the cusp of all of these decisions and i imagine hospitals do plan ahead and they know where their weak spots are so they can reach out to a company like yours to ensure that they're able to provide the highest level of care. Shane Jackson, really interesting stuff that you're doing amid this very uncertain time for the country. Shane Jackson, the president of Jackson Healthcare, thank you again for your time. Thanks, Trey. Great to be with you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.